to play And Billy Joel shaved a song that day might have never picked up a guitar. Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. I hope that you've been receiving the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. There is information in there about the latest podcast episode plus other goings on including exclusives that only the people who are signed up to that list get to see first if you are not getting that it's quick and easy to sign up just go to the show website nhte.net and pop in your email address i wouldn't have all Joining me today on location at the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player from right here in Alabama, although these days he lives in Nashville. His list of accolades and awards includes top 10 national songwriter recognition by Taylor Guitars and Horror Pro Entertainment Group, songs recorded by over 40 country music artists, billboard charting releases, and most recently, a number one country song in Belgium. In addition, four days before we were Recording this, he just opened up for Martina McBride in Montgomery, Alabama, which was his first stadium show. He is currently nominated for three 2021 Josie Music Awards and was previously a guest on this show three years ago, back on episode 246. You've been hearing a song of his called All This. Welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Chad Wilson. Hello, Bruce. Man, it's good to be back. No doubt, no doubt. Whoever that fella is you just introduced, it sounds like somebody I need to know. <laughs> well, thank you for not only coming over here to sit and talk with me today, but thank you for being the one responsible for me being at the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival. I'm really grateful to be here, and I appreciate you making it happen. Oh, absolutely. We ran into each other in Nashville, and... Uh, it's been, it had been a minute since I had seen you, and I know you love music and you love doing music events, so uh, I just thought it made perfect sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's start off by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called All This. All This, one of my favorites. I start my show off with all this. Um, I wrote all this with a fellow named Scott Sean White and uh, one of my uh, guests here for the Lake Martin Sunrise Festival, Mr. Blue Foley. We wrote that song uh, about six months ago, and we knew we had something special when we wrote it. It's just a song about, you know, mistakes you make, anything that you go through in life. It all leads to where you are right now at this minute. So, and, and the hook in that song is, if, if I wouldn't have done all that, I wouldn't have all this. Okay. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it relates to a lot of people. Everybody can look at that song and think about something that happened in their life that got them to where they are right now. You said that you always start your show off with that song. Mm-hmm. And there are songwriters, there are artists who are going to listen to this interview that are going to say, ah, I'd like to know what his strategy is, what his reason is behind that. And there's just going to be general music fans who are going to say, why is that? Why is, it, why is that the song for him? So talk about why that's the song you start every show with. So this, you know, this journey of music, you, you, most everywhere you go, there's always people that have never heard you, and hopefully there's people there that have heard you before. But 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 most of the time, there's a lot of people that haven't heard you. So you have a long, you know, you have a one chance to make a first impression. So that song 
defines me. I'm right here on this stage right now. Everything I've done in my life mm. has got me right here. Wow. And it's just a way to introduce myself to people that don't know me. And, and But it's also, like I said, it's also a song that makes them feel like the song's about them, too. So we sort of like a little moment there, you know. Yeah, yeah. You you quote unquote meet each other right away. Right away. Yeah. And, and that sets the tone for the rest of the show. Then I can just be myself and do what I do. It's like that expression, meet, meeting people where they are. And in this case, that's where you are in that moment on stage, but also where you are in your career. Yep. And the same thing that you're saying, I recognize that y'all in the audience are on that same same journey, just doing something different. Yeah, and that's and that's that's all we want to do is just we we just want to connect. You know, and that that song just connects for me. Call me Captain Obvious, but I love that you also said, I recognize that there's going to be a lot of people in the audience who are just hearing me for the first time. When I step on that stage, they don't know who I am. And that's my first chance because I got to believe, and I'm sorry to say it, but in the music business, we know there's egos out there. Mm. And I got to believe there are people out there who I don't want to say are in denial about it, but just don't take the time to acknowledge there are people who are here for the first time. I think they're so, and to their credit, to some point, they're too focused on, I'm going to serve my fans. i got to give a good show to my fans. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You have a chance to make more fans if you recognize there's some folks here who don't even know you. Well, you got to give your fans love. Don't You know, you got to make them. Of course. <clears throat> but, but they were once people who didn't hear you, too. You know, so. I like that. I like that. All right, we have got a ton to cover here. It has, quote-unquote, only been three years since you've been on the show, and people might actually be thinking, well, plus last year everything was shut down, but, man, you have so much going on. So let's start with this past Saturday. I mean, come on, your first stadium show, you get to open up for Martina McBride. Let's hear all about that. It was unreal. It was uh, one of the best moments of my life. Uh didn't happen on stage. It happened after the fact. But, man, what a great experience. Everybody that we work with, you know, I've been working hard this past year putting together a team of, that travel with me that, that do the, do this and do that. And we already know i got a great group of friends. It takes friends. It takes a team. It takes, it takes a lot of people to, you know, to, to keep rising, to, get, to make goals, achieve goals. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, during soundcheck, stand on that big stage and and listen to the echo of your voice coming back to you from way back yonder off that off the stadium walls. You know, it it was uh, it was unreal. But and we had a little bit of surprise. You know, there there was no rain in the forecast, but it's Alabama, so you never know. So I was only doing a forty five minute you know opening slot. And uh, wait a minute, I got to interrupt you for two things. Number one is just to clarify, what stadium was this? Uh, it was Riverwalk Stadium. Okay. And that's home of the baseball team, the uh, Montgomery Biscuits. All right. And number two, as you say, I was only doing 45 minutes. That's terrific. Well, that's terrific. It is. Yes. Uh, well, I, well, I shouldn't have said it that way. But yes, <laughs> I was blessed to do 45 minutes. Um, you hear which, only and you're waiting for him to say 15 minutes or I only got to do four songs or I only got to do 20 minutes. 45 is fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way they had the stage set up, if you can imagine a baseball field, they had the stage set up right behind second base. It's mm. sort of the front of the stage was right actually on second base. Now, this is a major league field, you know. So you get the front of the stage on second base looking back toward home plate, where okay. the, you know, where everybody's at. So to get to the stage, you had to come down by the third base uh, dugout, you know, and then walk across from third base 
uh-huh. to, to the stage. Well, about halfway through the show, about five songs in, it started lightning real bad, and it was that heat lightning, and and it started raining, and they don't take no chances in an outdoor event. So so we went into a little rain delay, and they we knew that if it lasted a certain uh, amount of time that it was going to start affecting her show. Mm. And unfortunately for me, it did last a little bit longer than what we wanted. So I wasn't able to get back up and finish my set. But but everything happens for a reason. I got a chance to stand right there on the side stage and talk with all of her people and, uh, you know, become, you know, relationships with some of these guys hopefully are, are, are going to last. Um but before she come back on, before she got ready to come on, uh, we had to make the walk from the stage back to the, you know, the dugout mm-hmm. area to get to the bleachers. And uh, as soon as we, as soon as I stepped out from behind the stage and started walking toward that third base sign, the crowd started clapping for me as I walked, and it was one of the most unbelievable moments I've ever had in my life. Wow! And wow! So they just. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it. That's pretty, that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, how cool is that? What a great story! Oh my gosh, ooh, that's a, wow. That's something that's going to last with you for a while. And I've got video of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty special. There's something really neat that you have started, and I'd rather that the audience gets to hear all about it from you. I don't want to steal your thunder. So explain all about the deconstructed sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deconstructed sessions. It's where, you know, people hear the songs on radio and people hear the songs from artists. But, you know, a lot of the times people don't get to hear the story of the song itself, where the song come from, who wrote it, where they wrote it at, what the song meant was meant for, or if it had, a, you know. And uh, so, again, I'm blessed to have great friends. Um uh, Blue Foley started this with me. He was the host of the Deconstructed Sessions, and we we just put a group of our people together, uh, our songwriters, and we spotlighted them, and we we would let them spot, you know, we let them tell the audience what that song was all about. Deconstruct a song, pretty much. But this was born out of COVID, or no? During COVID, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not because of, in spite of, I guess. <laughs> uh, but we had a, a opportunity. Uh, one of the one of the uh, venues in Nashville, uh, a good friend of mine, Bobby Johnson, just out of the blue, come up to me and said, "Hey, do you want to start doing a weekly show here?" And I'm like, "Maybe." And so, but clarify for the audience when you say a weekly show. An in-person thing, or because I believe this is a, a YouTube channel or a YouTube series. Well, at the time, it's become that. When when we started, it wasn't. Now, when we started it, Nashville had to shut down. It was sort of after the f- mandated 14-day quarantine or something that we had to do. Mm-hmm. So Nashville was not yet quite back open. We, there was open, but I think we had to shut down at 11 o'clock at night. So when you say he came to you and said, do you want to do a show, he just meant a local in-person show. Well, he asked me if I could do a writer show, but yes, yeah. a local in-person writer show. Uh, so I agreed to every other week. And we just, and the, the venue was already set up. I had a, a Real Music Nashville. They brought their video cameras in and they brought their 
streaming deal, and, and they have a podcast in Nashville. So I teamed up with them, teamed up with Blue and all the writers that we teamed up with. Eric Erdman was part of that, too. It just all sort of come together. I didn't really have to put a lot of effort into it. The streaming, the podcast was there. The songwriters was there. The host was there. All I had to do was show up, <laughs> and uh, it sort of just did it did its own. About four months into it, um, Nashville was opening back up, and Broadway ain't your typical place to sit there and watch somebody play an original song. That's you right. Go to Broadway, right. you're going to hear some yeah. cover music and party yeah. and drink beer yeah. and pass out somewhere. <laughs> so so as, as Nashville was opening back up, we thought maybe it might be best if we moved a different direction. It's a mutual decision. So um, the guy that, that does the podcast uh, from Real Music Nashville offered me his studio so I could continue doing my deconstructed sessions. So instead of doing a multi-artist live deal now, it's now become a, a once or twice a month studio setting with just one artist that, and we gotcha. just spend an hour, hour and a half talking about their music, their songs and who they are. Just talking about it or it's actually a few songs that it's performed? We, 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 I do have them perform. So okay. they, about two, maybe three songs. You know, and as as, a, as our popularity rises and we get more viewers, I'm starting to get into the uh, licensing shenanigans with YouTube. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have to, you know, look at a different avenue. So to back up, when you were first doing it, was that actually at a venue on Broadway? Yes. Wow. And, wow. And, and it was a really cool show. We had a packed house. Yep. It was original. Had a packed house. Every, every show we did. But like I say, until Nashville, at the end of it, when Nashville was opening back up, we just didn't do the cover stuff, and that's it. You gotta, you gotta sort of figure out if you know what people want, and you ain't got that. Then you gotta move, you move on. No hard feelings. Yeah, yeah. We just knew what we, what we needed to do. Well, and that is certainly unheard of, as we know, to be doing original music on Broadway in Nashville. So you could tell that the circumstances must have been unique. That but we gave that was, it a, we did, we gave it a good run, though. And I'm telling you, we had some incredible nights. I mean. There's song, there's artists and songs that we had there for the deconstruction sessions that are now number one hit songs. Mm. Barrett Baber at the time just had written a song with another artist that was on there, Scott Sean White, a song called uh, "God Bless the Boy." Cody Johnson just released that just mm. this past just this month maybe as his as his next single. So, wow. you know, uh, carving walls. Just so many great artists we had on the deconstructed sessions come through there that are now just doing an incredible thing. So cool. So cool. So here we are in Alabama. You live in Nashville. You're just talking about stuff you're doing in Nashville. And now instead, we're going to talk about Denmark. Denmark? Is that crazy? Okay. So fill me in. Fill the audience in. What in the world is going to... Now, mind you, this episode is being released in mid-September. So it, I think right around the time this interview comes out, you're going to be in Denmark? You know... Who would have ever thought Something that? Something like that. And, and, you know, and a great segue, talking about the Deconstructed Sessions, because, yes, I am going to be in Denmark, and I'm going to be hosting the Deconstructed Sessions. I got two shows. going to be hosting Deconstructed Sessions live from Denmark. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So that's how it's grown. Plus, and the people around me just love me, and 
I, I think my biggest blessing is is my friends. I've always said that. And because of those friends, I get to go to Denmark, host my own show with writers that I love, and just spend a week or two with some of my friends. So this is not a solo Chad Wilson performance. This is a live session of the Deconstructed Sessions. I think this is probably one of the largest international songwriters events there is, if not the largest. I think there's over 70, maybe even more than that, songwriters from around the world, from many different countries, converging on Denmark. Whoa. And a lot of them are going to be hosting their own shows. You know, you got hit songwriters like Bobby Pinson. He's going to be hosting his show. And you got all these big hit songwriters. And uh, here I am with my deconstructed sessions. Going to be, uh, I've got two of them. So, I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's an honor for me, you know. From the same guy that just got to open for Martina McBride, and then, oh, by the way, a month later. I mean, talk about the blessings just raining down. Amazing. Yes, right. Amazing. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. So back in the intro, I said that you are currently nominated for three Josie Awards. Those will actually be announced just a couple days after this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment gets released. <coughs> Fill the audience in on the three categories that you're nominated in and a little bit about what the Josie Awards are for those that are not familiar. You're so good at what you do. Another great segue. <laughs> the Josie Awards are the largest uh, independent international award show. That there, that there is in music. Uh, so once again, with the international theme, I'll be in Denmark during the mm. show when they have the award show, and uh, they're working it out now to where. No, we don't know if I if I won, and sure. I, it'd be a blessing if I did. But just in case I did, we're trying to work it out now to where I can do a live international, you know, video yeah. from Denmark yeah. for the show. So. But yes, to be nominated for three awards is a, is a blessing. Um, uh, we're nominated for Video of the Year, Duo of the Year, and Entertainer of the Year. Outstanding. Outstanding. Wow. Wow. So in July, I was in Nashville, and Chad and I had brunch together, and you were telling me a really cool story about the making of the video that is nominated for the Josie Award. I would love it if you could retell the story so the audience can understand why that particular nomination is so special to you. Oh, I love telling the story. This is one of my <laughs> best stories. Um, so it was around my birthday. My aunt has had, had been sick, and we knew that she was going to be, you know, passing on. So we had all come back to Alabama from all over to, to say our goodbyes. And, you know, family can be easy until it's not easy. Two or three days of family, and that's about enough. Uh, You're laughing, but there's a hook for a song in that. Somebody they, needs to write that. <laughs> well, fortunately for me, my cousin, Jason Tapley, had a studio, has a studio here in our hometown. And um, one of those nights, and it was under quarantine too, uh, but one of those nights, we, me and him had both had a Enough of family, I guess you could say. We love our family, but I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> but we left, and one night we just went over to his studio, and he wanted me to do some just vocal guitar demos of some songs I had written. Mm. And I was going to take advantage of that because, you know, you don't, sometimes you have to pay for that to do it for, for free. And I had so many songs. Well, that particular night, as I was in that studio de demoing the song, uh, a couple other people showed up and that I had never met. And... You know, an hour later, another guy showed up. 
Well, I started singing a song, uh, demoing this song called A Little Love, and next thing I know, the studio had was packed with people in there, you know? And I had met uh, a guy named Trey Cinco. I met this guy named uh, ATK. One of them was a rapper. One of them was a, 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 a R&B artist. Um, guy, a guy named Bo Jones was there, and he's a blues artist. Of course, my cousin Jason is a gospel singer. He's a Dove Award nominee uh, gospel singer. So I don't know. There's a lot of energy there that night, and I just had the crazy idea to ask everybody if they wanted to be uh, do anything with this song that I got called "Little Love." And it wasn't ten minutes later that the R&B guy and the rapper had both written their own little part for the song. Yeah, I had both sing some of it. Well, we just it was magical, you know. We we get in there and I just we start jamming on this song and we're giving high fives and everybody's giving hugs and you know it's in the middle of a quarantine where the whole country's down well here we are lifting each other up and loving on each other which and was, you're being lifted up at a time when you're saying gosh, goodbye to your aunt absolutely and uh you know it was a very special night and when we all left that night we, we never had any idea of what was to come we would have been completely happy leaving that night with what we had just done and lifting each other up, like you say, that would have been plenty for all mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. But that was just the beginning. We, we had no idea. It was about two weeks later. I was back in Nashville, and uh, through an email, my cousin, who owned the studio, had brought people in after the fact and put drums and bass and all the stuff that goes with the song, and he turned this into a, a, a real track. Now we got a full-produced track. And it sounded incredible. It's got the rappers on it, blues guys. It's got all six of us on it, all six artists. And it just sounds incredible. And uh, so we we kick it around. I'm, I'm taking it all over town, showing everybody. Look at what I did. You know, I love this. I well, love sure, it. because he had produced one track that incorporated, I don't know how many different genres that people would sit and initially say, oh, you can't do that. Really? <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Well, this song was this this song was was more than about who, us because you just write this, this was at a time where where you had race racial deals going on to have an R and B and a and a rapper on a country song uh, mixed races that, that's just something you don't see that, yeah. that's unheard of. So we I knew this song was bigger than anything I could do and and all of us individually but but together you know we we knew that we had something special. So my cousin had the idea of, let's, let's do a video. This song is too good. Let's do a video. The same cousin who produced it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's do it. Now, I've I've had, you know, videos done in the past, with, you know, uh, especially the Wilson Brothers. We, so we know all about making videos. And, um, you know, price or, or, or the financial aspect of it is always a hurdle you have to overcome. So my first question to him was, great, uh, who's going to pay for it? <laughs> he said, well, I, uh, I don't know. What is it going to take? And I'm like, well, it's going to take a lot. Um, so we called each artist, and, like, w- we knew that some of them were in better situations than, than others, and, you know, some of them probably couldn't help. But when we got finished talking to everybody, I think we had come up with $600. <laughs> now, that is that is nothing to – I mean, six hundred dollars won't get you far in music yeah. 
you doing know. anything. Yeah. I mean, you might get a good demo with 600 mm-hmm. bucks, but a video, there's no way. Um, so 600 bucks. You can is, get a video done for $600, but it's going to look like you paid $600. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I got think, thinking, and I ain't trying to take credit for all this, but, mm-hmm. but I took that. I, I was back in Nashville, and I and I just every day I wanted to make sure we got this video done. I didn't know how to do it, but but my experience by doing videos in the past showed me that the editing aspect of it is what costs. That's the most costly part of the video. Yeah. The the filming of it, that's a piece of cake. It's the many hours and days that an editor has to sit down and put all that footage together. So my plan. Or I had an idea. Maybe if we just eliminate that, and we didn't have that editing cost, and we just did the filming, how, how could we pull that off? So one guy that I had worked with in the past that lived in Montgomery, Alabama, Leighton Boggs, I called him up and I asked him. I said, "Dude, I got six hundred bucks. Is that enough money for you to come over to Ellic City and just film, and then just give me the raw footage? I don't need to do no editing or nothing." And he agreed to do that. Mm. And so I called Stacy Jeffcoat, who's putting on the Lake Martin Sunrise Festival, ironically, and told her what I wanted to do. And she was all for it. She loved the song. And she's like, this is what we need right now. This song needs to be out there. It's got a great message. So she called the mayor and the police department. And I went to work on my end of it. She went to work on her end. And by the end of that week, I had been studying Google Maps, looking down on my hometown, Ellick City, listening to that song over and over, counting steps, because my idea was this. If we eliminated the editing Mm -hmm. and we did a one-take video, that would solve all of our problems. So Stacy called me back that week. The police department was willing to shut the streets down for us. The mayor uh, 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 gave us permission to do it because we're in COVID still. Mm, okay. We had restrictions. We had we had to keep this and that, and it, it, it was like I say, it, it was a god <sighs> thing because it all come yeah. together. And and the day come that we shot this video, we started rehearsing at eleven o'clock that morning, and we we only had one hour of filming that we was gonna be able to do, and that's from five o'clock to six o'clock that evening. So we practiced and rehearsed, and everybody you know get their thing. Well, at 5 o'clock, was going to record it for the first time. He was going to film it, and his camera messed up. No. So we're freaking out. I'm freaking out because at 6 o'clock, the streets are back open. Okay. You know, everything's back open. We're going to miss our opportunity. And uh, so about 30 minutes of him in his uh, truck doing whatever he had to do, that camera he come back out and said, okay, I got it fixed. Let's do it. But we only had 30 minutes to do this. <laughs> Everybody got in their places. Music got turned on, and the very first take, the very first try, we we got it. Mm. And for six hundred bucks, we're up for video of the year. And the, and the video looks fantastic. I've seen the video, and it looks tremendous. And and I just want to. It's a shame that this isn't a video podcast, so that people could see me just kind of absorbing this all because I really want the audience to just let this all sink in for a minute about everything that you just described from you going in the studio with just your cousin just to do some demos get a couple of tracks you can just want to get a guitar vocal and what it turned into and then what that became with the video and like you said the icing on the cake it's here it is up for video of the year 
I mean, that is not an accident. That's not a coincidence. For all those things to line up the way they did, it tells you that that's a special song and it's a special project. I learned my lesson of questioning anything. Uh, I mean, to, and to be in Denmark for the international award show as that goes on, mm. I, I couldn't even make all that up. I mean, they can't they can't write movies that good. Wow, wow, just amazing, just amazing. Wow. But, oh boy. But you know, I know, and I know that sounds this this is this might sound a little you know selfish, but you know. A lot of my life has been that way the past few years. You know, the people that come into my life, I just couldn't make this up. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't think of how great some of this has been. And I just, I love every second of it. I do. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm joined today on location in Alabama at the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Chad Wilson. Visit his official website at chadwilsonofficial.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land there, look for the icons to find Chad on Facebook and Instagram, and then go follow him on both of those. He is also on YouTube as well, so find him on there and subscribe to his channel. Of course, you can find Chad's music on Spotify as well, so do follow him on there too. Be sure to keep up with Chad online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live. We'll be talking about more of that in just a minute. I hope that by this point you have checked out something that I've been talking about over the last few episodes, or maybe you passed the information along to someone you know who could benefit from it. I'm referring to the online class that I launched at interviewtipscourse.com. It provides close to 30 tips to maximize those opportunities when you're the guest on a TV or a radio show or a podcast or some other interview. Plus, I have a module with more than 15 sources for how to potentially find more interviews. This is an on-demand video format, so you go at your own pace. And I've also included handy PDFs that you can download to supplement what I'm teaching across all that content. Go to interviewtipscourse.com and get started towards getting better results from the interviews you're getting booked into so that you sell more music, more books, get more clients, whatever it is you want to gain when you are in the guest seat. Chad, let's get the heavy topic out of the way. This was something that I know wasn't easy for you to do, but three years ago when you were on Now Here This Entertainment, it was with your brother Kyle. Share with the audience about your announcement recently about leaving the Wilson brothers to go solo. Yeah. Um, you know, just you, you got to follow your heart. As you know, somebody told me this one time, a guy named Russell Sutton. He just wrote a song uh, that I think it just became a number one hit called uh, My Boy. He wrote it with L.V. Shane, number one hit. But Russell used to be in a duo. And we were sitting over at one of my friend's house one night talking about the duos. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, if you're in a duo, you got to work twice as hard. you got to give 200%. He said, it, 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 it's more than just one of y'all. He said, because if one of you, if in a duo, if one of you fail, you both fail. Mm. You both have to give 100%. Now, that always stuck with me. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that to say that, that neither one of us gave 100%. We did. But our circumstances changed. And, and a lot of people's circumstances changed when COVID hit and shut down the music industry. 
it made me work harder now. Mm. Um, but at the Wilson Brothers as a band, as a group, we didn't have any. All our gigs got wiped away. Uh, so his situation was a little bit more different than mine. He, he was he has a significant other. Uh, plus, I got two small girls that live in Nashville. My my two girls, Presley May and Madeline. I wouldn't never have left. I won't never leave them. Right. But his situation is different. They've they've had a place down in Louisiana, so they. Him and his significant other, you know, sort of moved down to Louisiana to sort of wait it out. Well, during this wait, while they were waiting for the world to open back up, my songwriting and my deconstructed sessions and all this sort of takes, you know, takes root. And and I start getting these opportunities. And, you know, it just, I love my brother. You know, we made some great, great music together. And we, 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 we hopefully still will. We got a great record that we had just finished recording before the COVID hit. Uh, that that I hope we get to release, uh, you know, in spite of where we are right now. And and yeah, but I did have to make the decision to uh, step away from the Wilson Brothers. And and I think f- for me, I, I I like I don't question things. I, I was under that conviction because I had some opportunities that that I wouldn't have been able to do had I not made that decision. But it also opened the door for him to do some things that he wants mm. to do, you know, uh, uh, because he, a lot of those situations or opportunities that he had gotten, he couldn't have done it should our situation have been the same. So I think it's going to be, a, I think in the end we're going to look back and see, like with most things, most trials are you know being blessings, like, you know, and I think that's the way we'll both remember this one day. But uh, it was a tough decision, and uh, I'm sure, and it wasn't, uh, you know, made in haste. You know, I, I thought about it and prayed about it and talked to people, and and the decision was made a while back. Making this decision public uh, was another another hard thing. You yeah. know, making the decision itself was hard. Yeah, and then having to share that with everybody because I knew the what was going to happen. I knew that my phone and I knew I was going to get some good and some bad. Sure. You know, there's going to be people that that we might have disappointed, and we did. And, you know, um, my, you know, my hope for for that is that I just hope I can make that up to them one day. Well, uh, you know, and when you described kind of even something as simple as the geographical differences and then the fact that you throw COVID on top of that, and so you say if you're in Nashville and someone's doing something with you in Nashville— they're saying, well, you know, Chad, we should do this. Or, hey, Chad, how would you like to come and do that? They're not saying, how would you and Kyle like to do this? Or, hey, you and Kyle should do this. And so then you're put in the awkward position where someone's giving you an opportunity and you have to weigh that versus, well, I love my brother and he's in Louisiana. And do I want to speak up and say, oh, do you mean Kyle too? Because if they don't, then all of a sudden it gets even more awkward. So you can kind of see where this was kind of a natural progression to get to that place where you say, you know what, I do have to take these opportunities. And Kyle is doing his own thing in a different state. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm in the same town and just ignoring him. You know, we're in, I'm in Tennessee. He's in Louisiana. Yeah. Just like you said, COVID affected everybody. Our whole world was either stopped abruptly or, and our circumstances just, for sure changed and it ain't it ain't now i'm not saying that it's because he left or anything i'm not trying to put any blame on him um but but if if in a duo if if two people ain't 
working toward the same goal, then you're you're not a duo. And we we found ourselves working toward different goals. Yeah. So yeah, well, and because it was such a great time that the three of us had in Pensacola Beach, I do want to put a link on the show page for this episode to episode 246. So folks, you can go back and hear my conversation three years ago with both Chad and Kyle. So on to a happier topic. I mentioned in the intro that you had a number one song in Belgium. Share with the audience not only what song it was, but how something like that happens for an artist that's based over here in the U.S. This, 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 another one of those stories that you can't make up. I mean, I can't write this stuff. I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be half as good. Um, I had met some people that had just moved to Nashville from California. They were in the film industry. And the reason they moved to Nashville is because the film they had put out the previous year, which was in 2018 or 19, um, which is a great movie called Heart Baby, uh, they, you know, the licensing fees for music and all that, well, it cost them over a quarter of a million dollars mm. to secure all the licensing for the. So, and, and I don't blame them. Their, their, their reason for coming to Nashville was they hoped to come to Nashville and hire a songwriter. That pay them eighty, a hundred thousand dollars a year, and sort of save all that money yeah. having to use other people's songs. And you, you know, I was the one that they was looking at to uh, be that writer. And it didn't. It, that didn't work out. Which, once again, looking back now, is a blessing. But I got the opportunity to meet these people, and for 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 almost a year, we worked you know every week together working on projects. And they started this international deal, and this guy from Belgium, his name Jimmy Conan, had written a song. And one of the services that this company provided was working with songwriters from around the world that has lyrics but yet maybe don't have music or cannot sing or you know needed somebody to help him and this was one of them this guy needed some help with some lyrics and he didn't sing and he didn't play any instruments so they sent he sent the song to this company and this company tasked me with helping him get it in a good format and then producing a record on it and and i sang the vocals on it so um once again, you don't, you didn't, you have no foresight of what's going to happen. We sent the song back to him, and, and he's a baker. He owns a he owns a bread baking company over in Belgium, and uh, we didn't know that he was so passionate about the music uh, that he took the money that he makes at the bakery, and he hired somebody to get this song on radio mm. he, he, he thought the world or the belgium needed to hear this song and the song's about a relationship that didn't work out but he still has hope it's got a great message to it it's called let me be your moonlight well the song took hold and you know uh, two months later after we recorded the song it hits the charts in Belgium, and four weeks after that, it's the number one song wow. in Belgium. Wow. I mean, who would have ever thought? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I certainly want to have you talk about this Songwriters Festival that we're at and uh, even a song that you wrote for this area that we're in. That's a great story. I love his story, too. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival, this is my home. This is where I grew up. Um, and just two years ago... Uh, I was made heritage ambassador and, or, you know, not really made. 
I'm, I was an ambassador for Lake Martin all my life anyway, because everywhere <laughs> I go, I love to. Unofficial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess two years ago, it became official. And so I felt, you know, that as that ambassador, we had a concert here called Aquapalooza about 10, 10 15 years ago, Alan Jackson. And some of the aerial photography shows just thousands, not hundreds, thousands of boats all converged in mm. one area watching Alan Jackson on this huge stage from the water. It was an amazing experience. I worked for the radio station at the time, so I got to do interviews and I got to see it you know, behind the scenes, but it was amazing. Uh, so when I, when I officially became Heritage Ambassador, I knew I wanted to bring my music, because this is what I do. I wanted to bring that to Lake Martin. So I had my first ever Lake Martin songwriters retreat uh, almost two years ago, I guess. And uh, I had some incredible, incredible songwriters who, who have since now become my my best friends and some people that I just love. But we spent the whole weekend at a, uh, at a place called the Pace Place, and we wrote songs and we laughed and we made some memories and and put off a lot of great energy. So much so that the town recognized it. Everybody on the lake recognized it. And uh, uh, it wasn't six or eight months after that that a lady from the tourism department called me up on the phone and asked me if I'd sit down with her and discuss maybe even doing something bigger. So I sat down with Sandra Fuller for the first time in a little Mexican restaurant in Daveville, Alabama one day. Uh, we sat there probably had a two-hour conversation. And I had been to Montana on a writer's retreat. I had been to a few other writer's retreats. So I sort of knew some of the main things that needed to happen but but I'm still I was still new sort of new to the festival kind of thing I didn't, I'd been to Pensacola and I'd done mm-hmm. Frank Brown so mm-hmm. I knew what I saw them do so me and her just had a conversation about it and that conversation put something under her that hadn't stopped yet that woman was on fire and mm. and here we are almost a year after that initial meeting with me and her sitting down at that Mexican restaurant we had the official launch of the Lake Martin Sonners Festival yesterday, and what an amazing experience it is. It has been. Well, it's great to be here, and you can just tell that everybody who's here wants to be here. And I don't say that lightly as to imply that there are people that are at other festivals that don't want to, but being with you and the others last night at that event, I could just tell that everybody is kind of all holding hands you know everyone's all locking arms and and everyone is genuine everyone's grateful to be here and i think it is going to be a great week that we're all going to have you know bruce i didn't answer your question actually but i will but i will say yes the music industry is already tough enough to make it so there's no there's no need for everybody to look at it as a competition the group of friends that we have we lift each other up we don't try to we celebrate each other's successes, and we lift each other up when, when people are down. Um, and once again, uh, I don't know how to say it, but I'm so fortunate that, that I've fallen and these people have taken me in and given back to me. Um, it's, it's changed my life tremendously. But I, uh, but I got to revisit that last question about Viva Lake Martin. I, didn't, yeah. I, I said I like telling that story. So so I I bring all my friends down to the lake and they fall in love with it and and I'll be having my second retreat here soon and we had a, a little mini retreat I wouldn't really, there's a college retreat but 
a lot of you know out of all the people that I write songs with that I've brought down to Lake Martin, there's only two of them that I've never brought to Lake Martin, and that's Brittany Kellogg out of Oregon, a great artist, great writer, and Timothy Baker uh, out of Nashville. I've yet to bring either one of them to Na- uh, to Lake Martin to visit the lake, but the irony is out of all the people that I have brought, I wrote Viva Lake Martin with the two that I've never brought to Lake Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Did the three of you write that song just because, or was that kind of something that maybe in the tourism bureau said, hey, you know, it would be great if y'all could come up with a song for us also. How did that, why did you write a song for Lake yeah, Martin? a little of both, actually. Sandra had asked me, Miss Sandra had asked me if I could come up with a, a little jingle for, for the Sunrise Festival. Um, so I did. I wrote a little jingle, you know. I, I sent it to Eric. I think he produced a track on it, maybe. Or, um, but, you know, for a little radio spot or a TV spot, you know, a little 30-second deal, just a little music in the background. But uh, but we we were here doing a show. Uh, me and Eric Urban and Chancey Neal and three or four other artists was doing a show, and uh, we got to stay at a different location on the lake, a place we'd never been to. Um we were sitting on the porch, the patio, one night after the show, and I wanted to write this song about Lake Martin, but everybody was really feeling We didn't play the show. It was hot that day. Everybody was tired, so we didn't get to do it that night. But I wrote, I had a few ideas, and the next week I was in Nashville, and uh, I had a writing session with Timothy Baker and Brittany Kellogg, and typically we reserve three, maybe four hours for a writing session, you know. Give yourself room. Well, we had written a song in the hour, the first hour we were together, and it was a really good song. It was the idea that Brittany had had brought in, uh, and and we just all sort of connected with it and, and wrote it, you know, in a relatively short amount of time. So we had all this time left over. Mm. So I just said, hey, you know, I started writing this song about like Martin. We got an hour or two left. Do y'all mind helping with it? So. We're at Tracy Hitz's house. That's where I love to ride at. She's got this place close to downtown Nashville, and you go up on her third floor roof, and you can. She got this patio on there that you can just oversee the city. It's beautiful, and uh, that's my favorite place to to go to write music. And that's where we were this day. So here we are overlooking Nashville. Not a lake in sight. They've never been to Lake Martin. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking. You're asking <laughs> yeah. two people who've never been there that yep. are currently sitting in Tennessee to write a song about a place they've never been to. Yep, and we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because they were writing it with the ambassador, right, you know, right. who who had to do a good job himself of kind of painting this picture of this is this is what we're writing about. So kudos to the three of you. That's that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it it's a it's a special song and and. It, it, we got asked, so Miss Sandra loved it. We, I, I, this is how, once again, another one of those stories. Immediately after we got done writing it that day, I, I called her and said, hey, I think you're going to love this. So I sent it to her. Within 24 hours of her listening to that song after we wrote it, they had already come up with a budget for me to go into the studio Whoa. to cut it and the budget for me to shoot a video for it and have it ready in time for the Lake Martin wow. Festival. Wow. So we just released the video for it. Wow. Just a week ago. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on, on your YouTube channel and, and on your website. That's that's Man, great. You really can't make this stuff up, I swear. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, earlier I said that the audience should keep up with you for all the live shows that you're always playing. Heck, I know you were up in Chicago 
not that long ago. Plus, there are so many festivals that you're doing, including when this comes out, you will have just played at the Boone Songwriters Festival in North Carolina. And did I see, did you even perform at the Key West Songwriters Festival earlier this year? I did. I did. I got an invitation to go down with a Chicago guy, Dave Canavan, uh, and Blue Foley. Both both had me down in Key West this year for my very first time. And uh, I, I want to say that it was an experience I'll never forget, but I can't remember it. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so kidding. So kidding. I try to be a joke try. I'm not too good at jokes, Bruce. But no, it was an amazing time. My first one ever. It was. Uh, it was. You know, uh, everybody that I know and love was there too. So it. It was just like we just all just picked up our little piece of the world and just set it down in the middle of the ocean. So what's in the pipeline right now? Because I believe you have an album that you're about to release. Is that right? And I'm so excited about this. This is something that I've worked passionately on, and it ain't been easy. Uh, there's been obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Um, uh, per, uh, co-produced by Eric Erdman and Aaron Rodgers and myself. Um, this album, by the time we release it, will be have, have been recorded at four different studios, three different engineers. Uh, some of the songs have been done two or three different times. So if you can imagine something going wrong on a record, but but here we are almost done with it, and I don't think I'd have it any other way. How many songs will there be, and when will this be out? There'll be 10 fully produced tracks, and I think we're going to add two or three acoustic tracks to it. I got a chance to write with Radney Foster this year for the first time, and you know that was a blessing. And then he came into the studio with me two weeks after that to record a song. So one of the songs on the record is uh, written by, by by him. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to include a couple of acoustic tracks. So you're probably looking at 13 tracks. And when will this be out? We're shooting for September the 23rd. But I'm going to... Oh, I don't, we're shooting for the end of September. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know... You hear about artists that are in that position. They're just about set to release a project, and all of a sudden an opportunity comes along where you say, I got someone that came in. I'm going to put these extra acoustic songs, and everybody wins, you know, because you get to work with someone else. The listener, instead of 10 tracks, might get 12 or 13. If it takes an extra week or two, everybody wins. Yeah, I agree. I think it was probably this time over a year ago. No, maybe it was, I think it was maybe. May June, maybe May June of last year, we started actually recording this record in Pensacola on a computer. Kristen Kelly, several other artists were. That's how it all got started, and we ended up going to Blackbird Studios, Dark Horse Studios, uh, um, another studio in Nashville, just picking up little pieces of this, this record. And like I say, by the time it's over, by the time when we release this record. It's, it, I don't think I left any studio unturned. <laughs> I really gave it my best shot, Bruce. <laughs> well, we're going to close with another original song of yours, one called Lie Like You Love Me. Before you go and I play that song, share with the audience all about this track, please. This is, so this is the first single off the track. Um, so, so excited about this song. It's, it's, you know, the song I wrote with a guy named Dan Alley, who was another amazing artist in Nashville he, um, 
he, he's well known in circles around Nashville. We, I invited him to come with me to play one night at the Nashville Palace. Uh, I used to a do place a, where I came to, and I saw you and yep, Kyle perform. There. Sure was. Uh, so he come up and did a show with me, and we got done. And he said, "Hey, y'all want to go back to the house and write a song?" And there was only three or four of us. And uh, yeah, let's do it. You know, beer. So we went back to his house after the show that night and sat on his back patio and had a few cold beers and uh, wrote this song. And it, I mean, I just I'm, I fell in love with it. And and it's a great track. Uh, had a lot of help with it. It shows off writing ability. Shows off my vocal capabilities. Uh, so it's just a great. It's a great track. I'm I'm super proud of it. What was the inspiration for the story behind this song? Loneliness. Uh, You know, lie like you love me. Just about meeting somebody and, you know, saying, you know, I don't care that you're leaving tomorrow. But, man, I sure could just lie like you love me tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Before we close, I want to thank you again for getting me to the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival. Also, I want to thank Stephen Pace, who's been a great uh, ambassador for the festival, and he's been really good in making this a, a great experience for me so far, and, and he's been very helpful in facilitating things. Uh, so so thank you for getting me here. I know you got people that you want to thank as it relates to the festival, but really appreciate it, and I appreciate you coming back on the show, too. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for having me, and uh, it's always a privilege to sit down with you and talk. And But yes, the Lake Martin Sunrise Festival, I, 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 can't, I can't thank everybody. There's so many people, but, you know, Holiday Cove, uh, 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 Big Fish, let's see, there's just so many, but Miss Sandra, Stacy from Main Street, uh, the radio station, everybody's done such a great job. I can't think of everybody. So I don't think they're going to kill me for that. But um, <laughs> everybody that's, that's part of it has done an amazing job. We're just blessed to be here. And what I love is that everybody's already talking about next year. I mean, that's, that shows what a confident and devoted and visionary group it is. Because I think a lot of times people go into something for the first time and they just say, let's just see how it goes. And I think in this case, it's let's put this on so that we get it off the ground because we know that this is something that we want to sustain. Yeah, absolutely. The launch party last night was incredible at the Mitchell House. Miss Vivian did an incredible job. Uh, but, yeah, uh, chadwilsonofficial.com. Hopefully I'll make an announcement on my website sometime soon about next year. All right. All right. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Chad Wilson. Do visit his official website at chadwilsonofficial.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means follow him on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Chad you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember to keep up with him online regarding new music as well as for dates and locations for where you can go see him perform live. And be sure that you're following him on Spotify, too. And watch for the results of the Josie Awards, September 17th and 18th, when Chad is up for three different awards. One more reminder that if you are someone who gets interviewed or thinks you should be getting interviewed, or maybe should be getting interviewed more, then the online class I launched will definitely benefit you. At interviewtipscourse.com, I have extensive content that I'm teaching in an on-demand, go-at-your-own-pace format 
with close to 30 tips on how to get more from the time you invest in doing all those interviews and a module that has more than 15 sources for potentially finding more interviews that you can get booked for. Don't do interviews and come away saying, that was a waste of time. I really didn't get anything out of it. Go to interviewtipscourse.com to get started now. That will do it for episode 397. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Chad Wilson. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Lie Like You Love Me. I can see that you're lonely. You need me. I need you. This next round is on me. This ain't something I usually do. But here we are in this bar. Everybody's got a story Broken hearts fall apart Regrets don't hit till in the morning Play that song. Got us up, got us on this dance floor. It's like they know what's going on. It's nothing they've never seen before. Here we are in this bar. Yeah, everybody gets a little lonely. Broken hearts fall apart. Regrets don't hit till in the morning.